of trouble now I thought, how do we ever get so far down And how's it ever gonna turn around So I turned my eyes to heaven I thought, God, why don't you do something Well, I just couldn't bear the thought of People living in poverty Children sold into slavery The thought disgusted me So I shook my fist at heaven I said, God, why don't you do something? He said, I did. Yeah. I created you. <laughs> All right, here we go. An early Tuesday morning coffee podcast uh, for us this morning. Welcome to People at Your Service podcast known as Pays or P-A-Y-S, where we're honored to introduce to you an awesome person of service uh, with each episode. I'm your host, Steve King. I founded our company, People at Your Service, in 2016, 54 years old now, so that's changed recently. have been blessed over those years to meet incredible people of service and excited to share them each episode with our audience. Uh, so <clears throat> each time we're joined live and in person here at the global headquarters of People at Your Service in Norwood, Ohio, just outside of Cincinnati from our podcast studio known as Grandma's Comfy Couch Studio. That's in honor of my saint of a mother-in-law, Peg Ainge, and uh, Doug, in my life, um, grandmas have been incredible people of service. Uh, Peg as grandma to my kids. My mom is grandma to my kids. I went the weekend with my mom, which was awesome this past weekend. They're getting ready to move to a senior community center, and it was great to spend some time with her. And um, so we just love to meet our guests here to lean into the spirit of service. So thanks for being here on Grandma's Comfy Couch. That's nice to be here and take in the scene <laughs> here at the global headquarters. The global headquarters, exactly. Yes, that's very tongue in cheek for anybody that's that's out there that doesn't necessarily know us. But is it? It is uh, funny to say that. So, uh, so today on the couch we've got uh, good friend Doug Howe. Uh, Doug is uh, man. He's going to give his own own intro, but has done a tremendous amount of things and just coming off of a a cool trip that we'll talk maybe a little bit about as well, where he. Uh, Kind of got a, a big uh, reunion together for his high school and had some pretty neat uh, things. So, Doug, as we talked about off air, six segments. Uh, we'll you know I'll keep us moving. Intro, personal service, getting to know you. Uh, you in twenty twenty two, roll the dice. You were very amenable. You said, "Hey, just lead the way, and you'll follow." And and uh, my sense is you're pretty good on your feet. So well, I'm, I'm a follower. <laughs> People who know me, they'll say I'm just a, yeah. I'm just a follower. I just join. I'm uh, a joiner. You're a joiner. Well, look, I'm going to let you. Uh, I'm going to yield the microphone so that you can introduce yourself to our audience. Tell them a little bit about uh, what you want them to know. Intros are always interesting. You know, the Bible says, let the lips of another praise you. So I am much more comfortable talking <laughs> about uh, someone else. Yeah. Uh, I'm probably not going to be successful getting you to talk about you here on your <laughs> podcast that you're hosting. That's right. Uh, so yeah, the I'm sort of a tri-vocational guy. I run, uh, founded and run the Insignia Foundation, which yeah. is about helping people become better versions of themselves and make the mark that we were all created to make uniquely. Yeah. yeah. And then uh, I started the How team 18 years ago, which is a executive coaching and management consulting. And the best way to understand it is we we exist and live on the leadership development side of HR. So, Steve, if you think about a lot of large uh, companies have comprehensive HR, but a lot of small to privately held companies, the HR function can often be limited to payroll, compensation, benefits, uh, keep ourselves from getting sued, uh, be safe, smart, exit interviews, uh, hiring practices. 
And uh, without the chance to really do leadership development, uh, succession planning, executive coaching, uh, alignment uh, of talent and re- people resources with strategy and corporate, sure. you know, profitability. Yeah. So uh, when I started 18 years ago, that sounded uh, a little more foreign. Now it's more sort of accepted and known. And in fact, there's a lot of movement in the technology and stuff like that. But, but the life on life stuff is what we do. Yeah. And the last we checked, the human uh, perfection ratio was running right about at 0%. <laughs> so That's everybody safe. could stand to be a better version of themselves. And so we help companies do that for the sake of their profitability. And then through the foundation, we help people achieve that. And then I do uh, enough public speaking at uh, both uh, business and faith-based environments that sort of uh, keeps the profile up, fuels the other things. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's it's an honor when people are willing to either pay to come somewhere or give you half hour, 45 minutes of their time or a half day or whatever it may be. And that's a stewardship to really make great use of that time and yeah. add value for people. So it's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a gift to be able to do it and to be a steward of it. Well, I love the tri-vocational uh, thing. So you, you were teasing me about being a busy guy. I'm throwing, throwing that right back at you. you, you when somebody's tri-vocational, they got a lot going on. So tell a little bit about your, um, your family and your background and your story, if you wouldn't mind, uh, Sharon, because you've got a really interesting journey to uh, be sitting here on the couch. Yeah, Denise and I used to say we're lifelong Southern Californians, but now that we've lived in Cincinnati for 22 years, I guess we can't really say <laughs> we're the lifelong Southern Californians that moved. Uh, uh, so yeah, I married Denise. She is she was my best friend's girlfriend in high school. Wow! And she was my girlfriend's best friend in yeah, high school. There you so, go. That's funny. Uh, both, and they were both in the wedding. And fortunately, there was <laughs> no uh, no skeletons to have to hide from there. And we've got four great kids. Uh, we almost lost the first one, Janelle, to spinal meningitis wow. when she was born. Mm. And so just people rallied from all over, church and the community and stuff, and for vigil in the hospital for quite a few days. She ended up being in intensive care for a month. And then uh, Chad had open heart surgery when he was five days old to save oh, his life. Gosh! And so we took a little bit of a break there, but we didn't want to spend the rest of our days waiting for the other shoe to drop. So then we had two more, Katie and Lindy. and. Wow. Uh, you know, sort of normal health challenges there, none of the super headline-making things. So sure. all four of them are now through college, off the payroll, yeah, and yeah. doing great. They've each had four different kinds of journeys, but they've all landed in a great spot. One of the highlights of our life is our family text. So yeah. literally every day, whether it's updates or prayer requests or Bible verses or jokes or riddles or did you hear about this or anybody got any ideas on that? So um uh, that's just a, it's a treat. Every yeah. day, you know, we're going to hear on the family text every day. So uh, that's awesome. But I do need to say, especially just now coming from having been with friends that have been around a long time, uh, they are non-producers. Okay. They are officially non-producers. We have no marriages and we have no grandkids. <laughs> so, uh, compared to Denise doesn't even do Facebook anymore. Just there's some <laughs> other friend has another grandkid. So, uh, we're, uh, we're wow, that's a shout out. That's a call. That's a, that is a challenge right there. Please, so. please do not say it that way. No, no, no. It's really good. Are each of our yeah, kids? They're going to, they're, they're smart. They're waiting for the right one and, um, and it'll happen. And when it's supposed to, and, and then we'll probably have an onslaught. There so. you go. That's right. Absolutely. Well, so look, you are a, a tremendous person of service. You uh, do a lot of great things through this tri-vocational work and we'll get more into that, but you know, where does that come from? You know, we talk about people of service here, the heart of the podcast is really meant to be just to introduce the audience to 
Doug, people like you and people that just serve and give back, and you do a tremendous amount of that. But where did that come from for you? Was there somebody that modeled that somewhere along the way, or how did that happen? Uh, serving others started as a survival skill. So yeah. came from a divorced family on food stamps and growing up in Southern California, uh, just somehow stumbled onto everything I was trying to achieve through sports and, and academics and, and uh, achievements and started working at a young age. But I found that if you, if you try and make it about the other person, they like you better. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or at least you get accepted into crowds. Yeah. So I have no redemptive purpose at all. When I started, <laughs> it was simply, it was a way to belong, uh, figure out what somebody needs and do it for them yeah. or help them with it. Yeah. And, and I was a smart guy. So when I was young, I would just find the hottest looking chicks or the coolest dudes and I'd help them with their homework, you know, and that's was pretty self-centered. Uh, as the years went on and as I came to be a person of faith later in life, I realized that was the, uh, that was the leadership model of the master, mm. um, that the greatest is one who serves and the one who leads by faith uh, serves by faith. And, and you, don't serve, you don't give to get, but you do have a sense that that's how the greatest things are going to happen in organizations, yeah. with people, in relationships, in families. So uh, I started learning that what I started doing at a very young age as, as a survival skill ended up being a, a skill set that uh, also was, uh, was key to leadership and to effective leadership. And mm. it's a distinguisher. Mm. So uh, sort of got my motivation right and then uh, just sort of worked on it. And then the person who more than anyone would, would influence me uh, would be Denise. Mm. I mean, even when I was dating her best friend, uh, Denise has taught me most of what I know about being affectionate, about being affirming of others and using words to be affirming, mm. to be a listener. And, you know, especially among men, Steve, uh, men are pretty good at cutting each other off, at finishing each other's jokes, uh, finishing the line, uh, one up. Uh, a lot of guys, you get halfway through a sentence, you already know the other guy's already thinking about what he's going to say next, <laughs> let alone get in a crowd. And Denise really taught me what a good listener does. Mm. So, and a lot of that was even before we were married. Um, so she has continued to be uh, a source. And then in my adult life, there is one guy. Uh, I won't. I don't know if we say names here, sure, but, yeah, but his sure. his yeah. initials are Rob Daly. <laughs> and uh, in 2004, after I'd res- we moved here to start Horizon Community Church. So I was the founding pastor of Horizon for people that are in, in Cincinnati. Yeah. And we were originally Crossroads Indian Hill, by the way. A lot wow. of people don't know that little piece of trivia. Wow. And uh, so we were an offshoot of Crossroads, and then we chose Horizon, and we went that way. So when I resigned from that in, in late 2004, Rob was one of the first business guys I met. And we uh, stumbled on, onto this to a friendship where, I mean, he was just helpful. Mm. And, uh, and with no angle, you know, and I soon came to realize that was his business style, his leadership style, his yeah. management style, his everything style was serving yeah. others, serving yeah. his team, serving, you know, people. And, you know, so each sort of along the way, just more and more steps of gaining mentors, learning, watching what others do and realizing, well, there really is something to the thing that I stumbled onto as a survival skill as a kid. Yeah, that's awesome. And, and, uh, so I've had the opportunity to meet Rob and spend some time with him and, and uh, I know he's been just a great influence on a lot of people, uh, here in, in Cincinnati and beyond and certainly the companies he's been involved with. So that's a good one. You and you and Denise, uh, you, you talked about, are, so are you high school? Did you start kind of dating in high school or was it after she did? No, she dated my best friend our senior year in high school. So that's, how I, that's okay. how I met her. Okay. She was my best friend's girlfriend. Okay. 
shortly before they broke up, I met her best friend. And so then she was my girlfriend's best friend. Yeah. And then um, I danced with her at the prom. She was the prom queen yeah. at Burbank High School. Yeah. And, uh, and then I tried to put the moves on her in college and she wasn't having any. <laughs> and, uh, but years later, uh, uh, you know, it, uh, I asked her, I literally went, was going to a Dodger game. I asked her out from the back of a pickup. She was taking the parking money. Yeah. And uh, we went to the zoo on a date, and it sort of went from there. Wow. And, uh, but we'd been friends by that time for four or five years and known each other in a different context. So it was, uh, yeah, it's a delightful story. Uh, congratulations. Yeah. That, that is. So, uh, so, so tell a little bit about your just recent experience. Uh, you, you just were out reconnecting with some friends. I mean, I'd love to just hear a little bit about that uh, for the audience and some of the things you guys did there and, and kind of how you, you made the most of that. I think you, you really did a lot of great things during that time. So, Well, uh, it was our 40th high school class reunion delayed by two years because of COVID, and they asked me to help out. And I, I did something I don't always do, but I, I really said, I'll be glad to help by being the chairperson, by leading the thing. Yeah, yeah. And I said, I'm 2,000 miles away, and if I'm just trying to sort of help a little bit, that's not really going to be my style. Yeah. And so they were grateful to have that. And uh, uh, people listening, if anybody's ever coached a team or you know been a room mom or a, a team mom or a, a whatever, signs it's easier to be the one the, to be the leader because you yeah. get to set the schedule and you get to set the ground rules and, the, uh, and sort of the operating parameters. And so... Uh, took that over and we just had a great, great reunion. And there's something about who we went to high school with 42 years ago, mm. but we really had a winsome evening and, uh, uh, did some things to, uh, and I, I was sort of the MC and well, I was the MC and I don't remember anybody asking me to be the MC, <laughs> but so we did some funny stuff, some humorous stuff. Yeah. We uh, did the memorial segment. Uh, and then there were, there were a bunch of people of faith in our class and we've, and we weren't really, uh, like a unified group in high school, but yeah. we've all had through varying paths to become sure. faith-based people. So we sort of became a team at this event, and without really announcing anything, we were just sort of aware if there was any way we could notice how to help somebody or serve somebody or, or follow up afterwards. Uh, nobody really wants to be a downer that night, but, you know, at our age, people have real stuff yeah. going on. Health, yeah. health, finances, post-COVID, family, uh so it was nice to have a night of celebration and positivity. Mm. But since then, there certainly there's some stories of people saying, hey, can we talk more, maybe one-on-one later? Yeah. And there's, if you have ears to listen, there's a lot of people who, and not just, you know, there's a, there's a, there's a saying that, you know, women, you know, real that men don't go deep, you know, women go deep. And I don't want to offend half your audience here, but, you know, I've found that, that, that real men, they do go deep. Yeah. They just need someone to set the table for yeah. it. It's easier to, to respond than to lead it. Yep. And, uh, but you know, there are guys that are ready to really share and trust somebody else yeah. if they're trustworthy. So that's a lot of what we do in Insignia. And that's certainly what we did at the reunion. Well, and, and I, and I just want to take a minute to affirm you because that is a gift of yours. I, I think you have a natural ability to connect people, to guide people, to give them a, a forum by which to go deep, to have meaningful conversations, to get beyond the superficial Let's talk about, you know, football or let's talk about the weather. Or let's talk about our golf game or whatever the case is. And, and so maybe if you wouldn't mind sharing with the audience, 
you know, a little bit of thoughts on the rocks. I, I thought it was theology on the rocks way back when, you know, the, yeah. the, the thoughts on the rocks and kind of the genesis of that. And that's been around now for, for some time. But that it is one of many examples, I think, of a forum, forum that you've started to allow uh, guys to get together and to, to go deep in a meaningful way. So we started Thoughts on the Rocks about 10 years ago. Yeah. And the idea is a lot of gatherings among leaders, uh, you'll have a speaker speak for a long time and then a very brief Q&A at the end. And so we decided to flip the ratio. And so we'll have speakers be relatively brief and then encourage uh, the leaders at the tables to, uh, we have table cards. And so just imagine showing up to something that, that feels like a, 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 you know, a chamber mixer or a networking event. Um, apps and drinks around the house. It's really great. But after a while, people realize it's not a fundraiser and there's nothing being sold. It's like, well, what are we really doing here? Well, (laughs) it's just simply, it's a leadership development thing. There's a theme of the evening and it's about being better versions of ourselves. And when you get people at tables of four and five and there's no expert at the table, it's just a matter of sharing stories about whatever the theme of the night is. Uh, So for example, we had a recent one, we were talking about blind spots. And uh, it's one of the great uh, leadership uh, crowd breaker questions of all time. Hey, anybody in here have any blind spots? <laughs> and so if they raise their hand, you're like, hey, how do you know you have blind spots if you're raising your hand? But if nobody raises their hand, you can say, see, you've all got, you're all blind in the back, you have blind spots. But, you know, the idea is most of us can relate to just, uh, wow, I really do that? Or I really come off that way? Or mm. I really have this habit? Or, you know, poker players will say, do I really have this tell? <laughs> right, um, right. And so that just happened to be the topic of the night. And there was a buzz in the room. People couldn't stop talking because the table was set to just be sort of transparent about it without being thrown under the bus. And lots of people were willing to share the blind spots that they've overcome, the ones that still creep in. And then uh, towards the end, we were able to, you know, share just one Bible verse uh, when Jesus said, uh, you know, before you focus on the speck in your brother's eye, get the log out of your own eye. Yeah. And, but it's not about don't be a leader because it says after you deal with the log in your own eye, then you will see clearly Mm. the speck in your brother's eye. So Mm. it is a great thing to be able to lead others and help others with their stuff. As long as you're dealing with your own stuff first. Well, everybody in that room, they didn't need a speaker to tell them who of us really respects somebody that we have to report to or somebody that is the founder or the funder or the boss or whoever it is who doesn't seem to be self-aware who uh, seems to sort of leave collateral damage in their wake. Mm. It's all about them or whatever the case may be. And none of us respect those kinds of people. And so we certainly don't want to be that kind of person. Sure. And so there's a lot of camaraderie in the room when we were really talking about our failures and mm. our shortcomings. Mm. And that would be a typical thing that happens with Thoughts on the Rocks and just leave everybody with a boost. Yeah. And so that's led to our... Uh, our Zoom groups that go deeper and the Monday moments uh, list of people that get a, a Monday, you know, sort of inspirational boost, uh, yeah. which is now grown. I mean, that goes out to almost a thousand people now. Yeah. And, and without, I've never put a hashtag on anything in my life. I, I don't know really someday we'll really get somebody who knows how to really drive tra- traffic, but for now we're, we're doing it. So yeah, that's thoughts on the rocks. And, yeah. and uh, it's one of just many ways that we just try and connect people to each other yeah. and to the Lord and to be in best versions of ourselves.
Let's talk a little bit about you in uh, 2022 is the question, but now we're rounding third, heading for home in 2022. So we'd love to have anything that's on your heart, you know, for, for this current year as you kind of finish into the fourth quarter and then you know, kind of what's on the horizon for 2023, just, uh, you know, whether it's through any of the trivocational things that you're going to talking about or anything else. Well, thanks for asking. Uh, yeah, being trivocational, I, I, you know, I do sit around a lot trying to figure out what to do with all my free time. <laughs> so a while back, uh, it's been a while since I've really done something to really be challenged myself. So I, uh, last year, I entered a doctoral program. So part of what I'm doing here is the year finishes up as I'm making some steady progress on a doctoral program that I'm in, in organizational leadership. Yeah. And, uh, so I hope to finish that up. Uh, if I get it done by April, which would be a stretch, uh, then when I perform the wedding of my daughter on tax day next year, I could be Dr. Doug, <laughs> Reverend Dr. Doug. Thank there you very you much. But uh, that might not happen. So that's a big part of the end of my year. And then uh, the Insignia Foundation, our nonprofit work, we're getting ready. We need to do a pretty significant uh, capital campaign because there's three or four things on the horizon for us mm. that – We've been, you know, I hate to say procrastinating. I'd like to think that we've been sort of holding on until we're ready to do it right. Sure. But it's really time to turn Monday Moments into more of a, you know, like a podcast like this. Sure. You see, you're like the leadership, uh, renaissance man, effervescent <laughs> guy. You're, you're, you're ahead of the game here. We don't, we don't do podcasts yet. And uh, maybe a YouTube channel or something like that. Nice. And then uh, we certainly want to launch the Young Guns program. We've got mm. a lot of guys capable of mentoring. Um, and uh, there's a lot of young guys, young just studs, executives out there sure. that could really stand uh, to be part of something. And the hard part is is giving it some branding, Steve. Yeah. Because if you say it's like the Big Brother program, well, there's who wants to really be. Yeah. I mean, I got a big brother, <laughs> but if you think like sororities and fraternities, you yeah, know, my yeah. big and my sis, and yeah, you know, yeah. my, that's like a really cool thing, a respectable right. thing. That's so right. we right. really want to uh, make it so that the young 20 and 30 year olds could really see the benefit of mm. having access yeah. to someone who's accomplished, not just in business, but in life. And has also, you know, learned, you know, from failures Yeah, and then give those who, uh, there's so many formal things that people can do. You can join boards, mm. you can join advisory boards, you can go to fundraisers, you can be part of the the X and such circle or the X and such platinum round table, these things. But what about just investing your life in somebody younger yeah. and giving away what you got? And so somehow uh, the, the Young Guns program is what's next. We just haven't nailed it. So and there's a few other things yeah, that are probably yeah. not ready to roll out yet. So. Yeah, well, it's exciting. I mean, there's a lot of things in the in the hopper, so really excited to see what that all yields. And then um, how about uh, on the family side? You mentioned you've got a wedding coming up. Yeah, so. so Lindy, our youngest, she gets married on tax day next year. Yeah. And then the others, uh, who knows? Yeah. Uh, certainly no pressure coming from us. Uh, you know, it'll happen when the when the time is right. The I did have the unique experience of 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 sort of uh, I never used the word no, but sort of helped one guy who asked for one of my daughter's hands in marriage, yeah. and I uh, took him through my seven questions, and he did not pass the test. <laughs> and then he came back for a retry in nine months, and so you, you, so here are the questions: go study and come back. <laughs> and and he he flunked the redo, and uh, so. That was not uh, pleasant, wow. but uh, on the flip side, uh, 
you know, we're certainly not putting pressure on, on our kids. Uh, I was being a little facetious earlier. Yeah, and, right, uh, you know, right. When the time's right. So, but they've all, you know, four kids, four different cities, yeah. uh, four different states, uh, but all professionally sound, all personally sound, all. They've got. They've all got a, a, a house of worship and yeah. a little faith community and awesome. stuff like that. So lots yeah. of great stuff. Well, we're we're in the same genre. I mean, in terms of our, our adult kids and kind of watching them now as they grow and flourish. We had our first wedding in the family back in July, so that was exciting. And and uh, now the others are on the clock, if you will, and and, and you know feeling that you way can't a little say bit. That. You cannot say on the <laughs> clock. Come on, no, it's man. been really fun. It's been really fun. It's a, it's it's fun to have these adult kids and just watching them grow and flourish and kind of whatever the Lord has for them here. So, all right, my friend. Well, let's roll the dice. If you can kind of lean forward there and just drop those dice in and snake eyes. What does that mean? <laughs> that means that's 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 I, craps. I, I, is I what love that, is. that because we we don't get a chance to ask um, this question very often because snake eyes doesn't happen very often, of course. So. Um, is there anything in life you wish you hadn't done and what did you learn from it? Anything in life you wish you had not done and what did you learn from it? Yeah. Um, when I was uh, in my freshman year in college, I had two real strong athletic opportunities. Okay. Uh, one, um, was I literally got recruited out of, out of a PE class. I played ball in high school and stuff. Uh, three sports and stuff, and and I got recruited out of a PE class by the football coach. To uh, he he just what? How are you not on our on our college football team? And uh, it was it was uh, it was what today they would call FCS subdivision, I guess, but okay. back then it was called Division Two, NCA Division Two, and uh, and I went out, and so I, in in working out for that, I also got ended up getting recruited by Washington State University. Mm. Uh, and the short version is uh, I just didn't have the confidence uh, to make the leap mm. to, you know, the Washington State example, especially uh, they had a, a spot for me on the spring roster, a, a, a job, a chance to compete for the job, uh, a chance to win the scholarship because the, the whoever won the job in the spring was going to get the scholarship. And all I do is get myself into school and I had the grades and I just wasn't able to just didn't have the confidence to pull the trigger. And I just feared all the things that would happen if I took the risk and if it didn't happen. Yeah. And right about the same time I got recruited by a small school to play basketball, play college basketball. And it, it, the way it turned out, I was essentially given half of a scholarship. Okay. And the debt load that I would have had to take the debt to pay the other half of the private school, uh, ended up not doing that just for fear of being in debt. And both of those two things that happened my freshman year in college, looking back, I, I remember realizing it wasn't just that I didn't do them, the choice not to do them that I, that was a regret. It was that I let fear and insecurity mm. hold me back from trying mm. that I never really gave them a chance to play out. I sort of pre-qualified myself out of those opportunities. And so uh, a few years after that I had a chance at that time, reflecting back, realizing you know, definitely don't want to live life, uh, letting fear or timidity or insecurity uh, keep me from uh, trying something either for me or for my family or for our company or for ministry or whatever it might be. And so certainly just that's a mistake. If I'm going to make a mistake, it's going to be because we tried it and it failed or we mm. gave it everything we had and we came up short, mm. but not uh, 
at least my ambition is to not not try out of fear of uh, uh, ramifications if it wow. if it all goes. As the Brits would say, tits up. You know? So <laughs> you, you. Uh, well, it's interesting. We, uh, I'm in a men's group, and we're reading uh, Mark Batterson's book, um, Chasing the Lion. And I don't know, uh, you know, there's a lot of great authors out there, and right. you know, maybe, maybe you know him, maybe you don't. But I um, have really enjoyed that because it's about that courage, right? It's about that having a dream that is so big that it's going to require God's intervention, you know, to make that a reality. And to, to uh, you know, really pursue that and to not have that fear, easy to say, and pretty flipping hard to do, you know, as we but sit what, here. So. But what you say is really important. You know, there are all, uh, there are lots of people who, I'll just use one example, who sit in churches, who attend churches, and well-meaning, good-intentioned. And there's this culture in churches where you tend to have a lot of people in the pews or in the seats or in the congregation. And then you have these speakers who come in, whether it's the pastor or whether it's a guest missionary or a guest speaker, and they have these amazing stories of how, by faith, amazing things, wonderful things, beautiful things, uh, far-flung, uh, odds against it, long-shot things have happened, right? Mm. And we can get so inspired by that. And uh, the shame of it is, is that a lot of us tend to look forward to the next time we'll hear a good speaker like that with right. a good story like that, sure. as opposed to having a sense that in God's eyes, all of us have the capability mm. of being that, uh, you know, use words like all of us have the capability of being a varsity believer yeah. or being on the, on the starting team or being on the front lines or being on the trading desk or, you know, pick your analogy of really being in the game. Right. And, uh, and, thinking back to the number of times where Paul the Apostle, I mean, would say, you know, that there's the disciples and there's Paul the Apostle in terms of a historic impact on the world. But he would say things like, be imitators of me mm. as I imitate Christ. Mm. Imitate me. We are imitators of God. He said there's twice the Corinthians, once the Philippians, once the Ephesians. We're imitators of God. And so there wasn't this built-in sense that I'm going to be this great apostle mm. Uh, up here in the ivory tower and all y'all down in the mud huts, you can sort of, you know, be good people too. Right. He was saying, come be like me, come follow me as right. I follow the Lord. And the, whether you're taming a lion or whether you're over mm -hmm. achieving great things or overcoming stuff, you know, there was never meant to be this idea that there are a few that are just sort of amazing, super, uh, patriot believers. Yeah. And then there's the rest of us that are sort of normal. Yeah. Normal was supposed to be dynamic, superlative, yeah. uh, amazing testimonies to share and pass on. So, so let me ask you, as we wind down, I'll, I'll ask you a question that's not on the, uh, the, the sheet here, but um, would appreciate your perspective because I think you know, there's so many great things out there, speakers, motivational things, self-help things, you know, certainly, uh, a lot of religious-based, you know, the Rick Warren, Mark Patterson, all, all of that kind of stuff. Um, and, you know, oftentimes you hear of the happy endings, right? But, you know, you and I have had plenty of talks, and we've talked kind of in, in the Thoughts on the Rocks group. You know, I mean, it's like there's a lot of things that aren't happy endings. We've had health issues. We've had, you know, loss. We've had job loss. We've had just financial challenges. I mean, just, you know, there's things that happen to really good people. And just would appreciate your perspective on, you know, how, how do you, you know, continue to pursue or how do you encourage people like me 
you know, where it hasn't always gone the way that you'd like it to go to continue to pursue and not give up on that faith and not give up on that dream, even in our fifties or our sixties or whatever the case is. So, uh, I think the direct answer is, uh, at least if you look at biblical leaders as an example, uh, Jesus never promised, nor did most of the biblical leaders experience uh, 100% success, 100% success rate, uh, non-failure, uh, exemption from blowing it. Um, Paul, you know, got thrown in prison a few times. Paul had he won a court case, but, but his friends encouraged him to leave town overnight so he and they wouldn't get licked the next day. He, he went through things that most of us could could look at and say, man, that's embarrassing. Mm. Boy, I really messed up or I really failed or, boy, look at how the whole, t- I got thrown out of that town or I got arrested. Uh, and and certainly uh, there, there are others. And so I think that the key is not letting our shortcomings or our past failures or our, our uh, just the lies that we believe about how much we're not or the odds of, you know, blowing it or looking bad or failing or mm. whatever it is, uh, that doesn't disqualify us. Mm. And in fact, it equips us, you know, more for the future. So it's not a cliche and it's not an out to lunch kind of naive, sloppy, agape kind of statement when James says, consider it joy, my brethren, when you encounter various trials, mm. that by the testing of your faith would produce perseverance and patience that whenever we go through a hard, a hard thing, we can just be excited. And man, go, wow, Lord, you're preparing me for something. And so even the more we fail or the more we come up short, um, outside of just being ridiculously self-destructive, right. which are, those are bad patterns, and that's, that's for another podcast. But for the most part, when we go through hard stuff or get mistreated or the odds were for us and, and it didn't, and it blew up or whatever went South or however we're judged or how people seem to be against us or their agendas are against us or social politics or whatever things seem to be against us. We can take joy and say, wow, Lord, you really must be preparing me for mm. something great mm. because that's the only way you'd really be putting me through this. And then we can anticipate that and look for it. And a hard part is if we self disqualify ourselves mm. or pre disqualify ourselves from thinking, ah, I'm just not cut out for this. Or, well, you know, I'm just going to try and hang in there until the war is over, you know, endure the years and not get in too much trouble. Right. And it's almost like we opt ourselves out of, you know, the some big stuff in the future. Yeah. So. Well, thanks for sharing that. Thanks. That's, uh, I appreciate that. Certainly, I needed to hear that. So thanks for, for sharing. So um, if uh, people want to get hold of you, how did they get hold of you? What's the best way to connect? Well, Doug at DougHow.com. Okay. Everything flows from there. You can get all the uh, professional, personal, organizational, um, uh, any way to connect uh, our teams and everything we do. Insignia, the How team, um, our uh, bucket list fishing trips and golf trips. Uh, didn't get to those today, but the uh, there's nothing like getting away yeah. from the from the daily grind. So, Doug at DougHow.com awesome. and uh, try and keep it simple. Yeah, appreciate that. Are you a LinkedIn guy as well or not so much? Well, I'm, I mean, uh, you, you, uh, yes, <laughs> but uh, I, I'm, I'm sort of, you know, text and emails where I spend most yeah, of my time. Gotcha. Uh, I, you know, uh, 
a little more Facebook during this reunion season yeah. than I was planning, but you know, that's not really uh where I camp out too yeah, much. So I'm, Doug I'm, at Doughow.com. Yeah, and there right. might be there there's people out there that are really social media animals. Uh I am not. I've not achieved that ranking yeah, yet. I'm yeah. Simple guy. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> hey, thank you so much for for being here, for your friendship, for your leadership, for thoughts on the rocks, for insignia, for all the things that uh, that you do. Certainly, that we didn't have time to cover all of that, but I really appreciate. Uh, I, I have been very much in admiration of uh, the way that you bring guys together to allow people to go deep and to have really meaningful conversations. And I'm just grateful for that and grateful for your friendship and for being here on the couch. Well, thank you. And kudos on you too. And for, for people at your service and how you lift up service as a value add uh, for companies, for individuals, uh, you know, it works and it makes money yeah. to serve other people. Yeah. Well, thank you. I yeah. appreciate it, my friend. All right. Thanks thank guy. You.